welcome to the 10-Minute MBA. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. On the 10-Minute MBA, I give you tools, tactics, strategies, and insights that you can use to start, scale, grow, and 10x your business. Let's get into it. Today, you're going to hear from Sean Cruz, VP of Sales at RSA Security. He is a tenured sales leader with over 30 years experience. He's worked for some of the largest organizations in the world. He gives us the blueprint for how to hire, train, and ensure sales rep success. In a perfect training environment, you kind of have three elements. There's corporate methodology because you need to have, you know, corporate training to understand the company and how the company, so that's one element. The second element is the mentorship and and leadership of a sales leader or someone that you can attach someone to that can provide that. And then the third element is just go try. And and the the go try part is the biggest part of it. So what we need to do, um, you know, there's a there's a game called rebound. It's a, I don't know, you know, it, it it's still out in the market. It's little marbles and you and they bounce up. <laughs> yes. Like shuffleboard. Yeah. I always say to junior salespeople, my job is to provide you the boundaries so you can bounce back and forth so you don't hurt yourself. But the best person to help you is yourself. Take this methodology, which is the corporate side, learn from it. Take what I provide you and learn from it and then go out and learn and practice and skill and, and see how that develops and then do it again. It's like a constant cycle. Do you find do you find that sales reps um, or do- it could be coming from the, the coming from sales and coming from tech or people that are coming from the outside. Do you find that they try and default onto you as like a, a, a resource that they should be using a little bit less, but they try and use more uh, than they should be? Sort of like they're just like always coming back, always asking questions, uh, scared to go out on their own when you when you try that. Uh, I think you know part part of part of what we need to do as sales leaders is be prepared to make tough decisions about personalities, right? Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of great people that are in the wrong positions. And, th- and that's not a statement on, you know, a, a, someone's value. It's a statement on the fact that, that we put you in the wrong position. So let's find a good spot. So, you know, there's no bad questions and there's there's no bad engagement with a sales leader unless it happens 100 times. If it's constant and consistent. So what what I look for is, you know, incremental development because it takes time. You know, if you ask me the same question three or four times, I'm okay with that because I want you to be really good at that. And and part of my job is to, when you ask me a question three times, I'm going to apply that to you and see if you're learning over time. If you ask me the same question eight or nine times, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's an indicator that we should yeah. look at elements. So it's the balance between the two. There's no right and wrong answer there because sometimes you have to be patient, that little extra bit with certain people. Others go fast. Others go slow. You kind of have to just watch and see because not everybody matures at the same pace. And, you know, I've seen some really great salespeople mature just beyond the point where people were ready to move them into some other role and they just needed that extra little. So being you know, the difference between being a good sales leader and a great sales leader is figuring out when you put too much in and you make need to make a move versus when you're right close to having someone be the person that you've been training them for. And, yeah. and how do you how do you see that? Like, how do you see if somebody is because um, obviously you want to try and push those people into the right position when you're hiring and onboarding them because you don't it's expensive to to let them flounder in a role for a, like a significant period of time. So what, what are the person, well, I guess you kind of mentioned the personality traits, but 
what what other what other items would you look for outside of just uh, almost like um like a I'm blanking on the word uh, um just like a, a very charismatic individual who is okay at approaching people. What other traits would you look for in somebody when you are bringing them on uh, that would support their their success outside of just just their personality? Well, I think you know um, you know personality is is top of mind, but I think certainly kind of appearance. So the the second thing you want to look for is is you know how does somebody appear? You know they present themselves. Yeah, you know, and and some sometimes simple things. You know personal hygiene, yeah. you know, how does somebody carry themselves in the con? Are their hands clean? Like yeah. simple things that, that you can pay attention to over time. And, and, you know, are they dressed well, nice, you know, different things like that. And that's not always a, a perfect indicator, but certainly, you know, personality is number one, you know, appearances number two, because the, the other, you know, you can, you can train somebody and teach somebody on technology. You can teach them methodology, but you can't teach them, you know, personality and you yeah. can't teach them hygiene and personal presentation personal and just professional, professional appearance and whatnot. Exactly. So, so that's great. So let's talk more. Um, so we, we sort of spoken on, uh, on hiring and what to look for outside of the, the traditional norm. We've spoken about like, uh, like coaching and accountability. Um, for, for an individual to be effective, obviously it depends on the market. Uh, but, for sales strategy, how do, how do you, what type of sales strategy does RFA or do you uh, subscribe to when actually interacting and, and dealing with customers? Is there a certain one that like is like a, is a sand lure or is it challenge or is it just like that we focus on solving solutions and, and identifying pain points and it's more like a high level? Like what is what is your your thought on that? Well, I think you know it. Um, every organization will have a variation of its own sales methodology. So we here at RSA use force management, you know, in, in previous lives, we've used Sandler, Bosworth, you know, at, at the end of the day, as a sales leader over the course of your career, you're going to get exposed to different methodologies. So, you know, I think out of that methodology, um, you know, great, great sales leaders incorporate multiple elements as part of a regional development strategy. So one of the things that always frustrated me throughout my career is that we take salespeople, drop them into a territory, and then a year later wonder why they haven't been successful. Because if you're in sales, you should just go sell, right? <laughs> the reality is, you know, organizations need to take a significant level of accountability. And I I I talk to my sales team about this and I talk to my sales leaders. I believe the corporation generally should provide you 50% of the in-region kind of support. And when I say, you know, when I use that number, you know, so as a sales leader, I, I look to bring in partners, bring in channel, bring in my field marketing, bring in my own network and Rolodex mm -hmm. and others into a region, into a territory to help my rep create demand. It's my job to help that early funnel and develop that early funnel with a sales rep in every region that I manage. And I think if I am accountable for half, well, guess who's accountable for the other half? Yeah. And I think, you know, given the amount of investment that we make in selecting somebody and training them, we spend a year, year and a half, you know, it behooves us 
as an organization to invest intelligently in the development of the territory in support of the goals of the territory. So I, I apply a really somewhat unique model in the sense that I actually carve the, 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 the business plan, for lack of a better description, into two elements. Here's what I'm going to do in your territory. Here are the things that we as a company are going to provide to you. Field marketing, channel development, mm -hmm. different resources, events, workshops, business development. There's our half. Now let's look at the work that you're doing to accelerate what we're providing and create the other half of your pipeline. And I think that's something that you know a lot of sales leaders don't really, because it means I'm accountable to my team. Yeah across the board in individual elements. And I think, you know, that's one of the areas that I think every company can improve on is really understand, like we owe our teams and our individuals effort. We owe them investment. We're accountable to assist, you know, so I'm responsible for vision. I'm responsible for strategy. I'm responsible for resourcing and a bunch of other elements to help you so now that you got all these tools, how are you going to then take these tools and give me the other half? It, it almost it almost helps um, make the accountability place on the on the rep a little bit more easy to swallow because now they know that you're coming to bat for them. And I think it's I think that's a really good point that a lot of um, a lot of organizations don't do this well uh, because how many times and it's it's ridiculous because they invest thousands, hundreds of thousands in training development, then it's like sink or swim, buy, here's the phone book, go sell, which doesn't really make any sense because I've already invested thousands of dollars in you as a, as a rep. So why wouldn't I support you to the best of my ability? That's a, that's a really, it's a really strong point. And I think that more organizations, that's probably why as a, as a sales leader, as an organization, you're, you are successful because you don't have that, uh, you know, just sink or swim mentality. You kind of, you really do support. Um, no, that, that's, I think yeah. it just to add to that, in, you know, one of the things that anyone in sales, when you're going through the interview process, very often we don't spend enough time asking questions about the company's thought process around in-region development. How much field marketing has been applied into the region over the last year? How many workshops have the company done? How many executives have visited into the territory? How many customers are there? There's a whole series of really great questions that should be asked in an interview process of salespeople to really understand what you're getting into. It doesn't mean you don't take the job if those things aren't there. Mm -hmm. What it does mean is that you really understand the situation you're entering into, and it allows you to then go back and go, okay, so we talked about this in the interview. You said, you know, there was no field marketing for the last year. How are we going to increase that? Because that's 15% of my business development number. Yeah. What about this? What about that? And I think, you know, some advice that I can give to anyone, whether you're a sales leader or someone that's going through an interview process, it doesn't really matter. That's a really healthy conversation to have. What are we doing within these eight regions, these 10 regions? Let's pair each one off. And look at Ottawa. What's going on in Ottawa? When mm -hmm. was the last time an executive was there? What relationships do we have? There's a lot of really great questions that are really simple. And very often we're afraid to ask them because people, because if I ask, yeah. I, I might be accountable for something afterwards. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you got some value out of that. Make sure you come back tomorrow for another business lesson on the 10-Minute MBA.